Hare Krishna. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Head to the stem. Omigyana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya. Chaksurun Malitam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Shri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale. Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Sapadantikam. Vanchakalpa Tarubhyas Chakripa Sindhu Bhayebhacha. Patitanam Pabhanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda. Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sivasade Gaur Bhakta Brinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, uh, greetings from Shamashram. We just finished uh, a really wonderful retreat. And there are different aspects of a wonderful retreat. One is that community is formed. In other words, the treat, retreat and the people, it's just so enlivening and organized and loving to facilitate the needs, both in comfort and more important and relationship and, ter- and spiritually. It's so selfless that unit that people immediately understand that the group interest can satisfy me more than my own individual interests the nature of the material world and the nature of the modern world is as traditions wither traditions protect people from their carnal or animal desires so as traditions wither um society becomes more exploitive and as it becomes more exploitive people can be less open-hearted and they have to protect themselves from being vulnerable. But in that kind of consciousness, you're, it's also harder to be open-hearted to feel Krishna. I think in a simple way, the way the holy name works is that it's Krishna. And the Priyogena Tattva, the goal is to understand Krishna, but not just understand Krishna, but to feel Krishna. And feeling Krishna is to feel Prem, because what Prem is, is the energy of relationship between two beings who have a relationship. So our eternal relationship, our real relationship, is with Krishna. So the holy name is Krishna. And when we're open-hearted and conscious then we can feel that energy. And that Prema Pumartha Mahan, that is the goal of life. But the reason we don't feel that energy is because our consciousness is covered by the false ego. And um, it's very, very hard to drop the false ego, the sense of centeredness rather than service. 
when um, we don't feel safe. And it's not just physically threatened in relationships, et cetera, in terms of our sensitivities. So when you develop a nice community and, and a retreat is really focused on serving the people that come, um, then what happens is what is that there? Is that a bird or the window? In the distance? You don't see it? Yeah. It's gone. Okay. Um, then that what happens is, is that energy, you can feel much more intensely in terms of the holy name. That's the idea of Trinata, peace, and Ichena, Torota, peace, Sahishnana. Um, when we let go of the false ego, um, we can feel Krishna's name. And that's just a principle in terms of mercy. Mercy is only felt in humility. Mercy is never felt in pride. Anyway, it was a great retreat. Um, relationships are really wonderful and all the facilities here the first class and the presentations people appreciated the kirtans and of course going out and places where you can swim and see nature so now uh that was kind of like my introduction i've kind of lost because it's been two classes since I've really been, I, I, I like to teach contiguously, and I've kind of lost that flow on the Bhagavatamrita where we're at. But anyway, today is Janmastami, so I, I think I should be part of that celebration and give you also an opportunity at least to hear a class. Uh, you may or may not have a function nearby um, that you're going to. But uh, Jamasami class is always difficult because the subject matter is so unfocused. It's everything. <laughs> so how can you speak about everything in such a short time? You know. Um, so let's see where it goes. I have really no idea right now. Uh, but I do know that these days are important. Madhavatiti, Bhakati, Janani. The days of Lord Ari give birth to devotion. It's actually one of the secrets of getting taste in devotional service to actually follow the day, Madhavatiti, the days of Lord Hari. Bhakati Janani, they give birth to devotion. So birth has a very kind of interesting conception. There's nothing there, and then there's something there. Something comes out that wasn't there before. And it's like that with bhakti. I remember when I first came to Vrindavan, Prabhupada said we should go to the Jamuna every day after Mangalartik. And I would go every day by Kirtan after Mangalartik and bathe in the Jamuna. And the next morning, we would just feel something that wasn't there, which was this devotion. So by celebrating it and these, these days of Lord Hari, um, increasing our chanting and hearing, that's actually the purpose of fasting or reducing one's eating. Um, something will happen that's not there. And, and and that's that feeling of bhakti. Uh, so let me see where I'm going to start here. Let me start with the tattva of Krishna. Uh, I actually, we had our, our little community program on Saturday. And I spoke. And I'm not going to go over it here. 
but I'll, I'll, it'll segue into my, I'll give something. I, I, I spoke, uh, I gave a seminar called God Be Blue, a study of Krishna. And in that set seminar, I spoke about the, first about the reasonability of God. So what, what to speak of God being blue? Of course, the answer to that was right at the beginning. Can God be blue? If there is a reason why God is blue, he's not God because something else is causing him, it must be part of his will or nature. There's not a logical reason. There can be a logical reason why Krishna is blue other than that's his nature. And then I joked in the class, well, then why did I start with that? I said, because I'm American and we're great at advertising. And I wanted people to come to my class, and it was a great title. But actually, what I wanted to discuss is, is uh, uh, Krishna has a reasonable conception of divinity. So the first part is that you have to have a reasonable conception that there is God. And there's so many arguments there's so many arguments, good arguments. There's good arguments for, there's good arguments against. And it's just like in a court, there may be different arguments. The jury has to decide. I believe a reasonable jury in a theistic debate has to come to the conclusion, if it's argued properly, that God exists. Which is the better which is the has more explanatory power to explain reality one is that something came out of nothing <laughs> memburi john prabhu once said like something he said it, 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 he, he made a point it was very interesting i thought it was ironic he said you know it's just as far out it's just as mythical and, and I forgot how he put it. He said, it's just a, as wild to believe that something came out of nothing as it is that the universes are coming from the pores of Mahavishnu. So the point is, is which has the more explanatory power? And I, I, I think it's, I'm not going to go into the arguments, but it's hands down that the concept of God ha 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 has more... Anyway, the argument I gave, I just gave one argument to the audience there because we only had a small time, and I called it monkey and a typewriter. You put a monkey and a typewriter in a room for a week, what is the chance when you open up and or on a computer that there's he's uh, that by chance Shakespeare's unabridged works are on the computer. Well, there's more of a chance of that happening than the universe happening by chance. And not only is universe not only that, but if everything is by chance, then if you have to say, let's say everything's by chance, then what is the chance that the next word I say follows the one I said? And therefore, everything that happens in order, exponentially, every little action in the universe that happens in order, exponentially increases. Each instant exponentially increases the improbability that the universe happened by chance. Even my class, every single word, if one follows another, if it's by chance, every single word exponentially increases. And everything that's happening in this universe exponentially increases the, the, the improbability that the universe happens by chance. And if it didn't happen by chance, it happens by intelligence. And what's the nature of that intelligence? And then the second argument is, is God a person? There's many arguments for that, but I just like what the, the guru of the Christian apologists, Alvin Plantinga said, is God a person? He's not less than a person. And th that can be 
argued from many, many standpoints, the reasonability that if there's God, that God's a person. And I think that can be put through any jury also. And then the, 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 the next point that I made um, is the full manifestation of a person is their love. Who is a person? A person is a mother. <laughs> a person is a daughter, a son, a friend, a lover. So who a person is, is their love. And therefore, if God is a person, then the supreme person must be the embodiment of love and not just the boss. And when you talk about the boss and you talk about God in terms of, you, you talk of God in terms of his position. And Prabhupada discussed this, uh, but I coined this phrase, position covers personality. So if, so if God is the supreme personality of Godhead, his full manifestation won't be a position. Because when you sit above someone, there's no friendship, there's no, you know, these things are there. And then the other phrase I got is Krishna is God with his guard down. So, and then Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, it, 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 um, therefore at the very beginning, it describes Krishna as Akila Rasamrita Murti. Murti means the embodiment, Akila, the complete, Rasamrita of the nectar of all relationships. It makes sense that if there is God and God is a person, that God must be the embodiment, the complete embodiment of the nectar of all relationships. Jai Jagannath, he gave a very nice seminar here. Brilliant. He, he, he said, what is one word that describes this world and describes the spiritual world? And he gave he gave he gave he said something that I I I've also said many times that when a teacher asks a question, the, the only right answer is the one that he wants. And you saw that with Prabhupada. We walked into his room in Dallas and he said, You call yourself teachers, what is the purpose of education? And people gave great answers. One said four things, manmana baba mad bhakto, madhyaji mam namaskaro. Four things. Uh, you know, Prabhupada wasn't said nine things. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, all that. No, Prabhupada wanted an answer. What is the purpose of education? Liberation. <laughs> Guru nasasyat. Swajani nasasyat. Pita nasasyat. Don't take responsibility for someone if you can't liberate them. And don't become a teacher. So, so Jai, Jai said, the answer he wanted was drama. Uh, one word to describe what's happening here and there. And spiritual world is drama. So I think that's the fourth thing. If there is God and God is a person and that person is Krishna, then there must be a concrete expression of that personhood. And that's Leela or drama. Because that's how relationships reach its height. And the other thing is, if there is a supreme being, if love is the guiding principle here, why should it not be in its source? 
And love happens in relationship and love is heightened by activity and drama. So the ultimate reality, reasonably, is rasa vai saha. He is that rasa. He is that drama. And then I'm a little bit more elaborately here because a little less elaborately and also a little more elaborately in some things because the audience is different. That was like people from the outside. And also it's translated. So Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu says, when a person, when God is at his fullest, then when God is at his fullest, when he's not covered by position, when his guard is down to reveal his full self, and when any person is down to reveal his full self, then four things happen. There are more different activities that happen. There are more different relationships that one has. There are more variety of activities that happen. And if all that leads to love and happiness makes you beautiful, there's more beauty. And out of joy, you may express your heart freely in music. So these four qualities of Krishna are Lila Madhurya, the sweetness. No, uh, Prema Madhurya, the sweetness of the variety of relationships he has. And then with the variety of sweetness of relationships he has, then... Lila Madhurya. Lila Madhurya means a variety of activities ex- of that expression of love, like the Ras Lila and Mukinchur. Mukinchur. I- I'll share a story with the rest of you. I, I see this this at least. three or four people that went on the retreat. So here's this again. I have to tell this story because it's just too good. When, to show you Lila Madhurya, Krishna's Mukinchur, he's the butter thief. You know, I, you know with the butter. Anyway, of, that, of course, that story is, is just for rasa. You know, Krishna's naughty. Child's intelligence is shown by his naughtiness. So it can be annoying, but it could also be very attractive. So, you know, the, 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 the butter is held up in the rafters in these big clay pots, and Krishna loves that butter. In in in, in Govardhan, they eat butter. <laughs> I remember when Keshava Bharti Maharaj was negotiating this land this deal for He's so expert, Keshava Bharti Maharaj. We, we, I heard he's not feeling, he's ill. He's 77, has serious health problems. So I'll pray for him on Janmastami. He's a great soul. But he's expert at everything. He's expert at management. You know, he's expert at the philosophy and editing. Expert. Edited this Brihad Bhagavatamrita was edited by Keshav Bharti Maharaj. So he spent two or three years negotiating this deal on this land. Because the way people negotiate land, if you want it, they won't accept your price for a year. <laughs> you know, they'll keep it at an outrageous price. They'll see how long they can break you. And then so finally the deal was going to be closed. And, you know, they invited him 
to their house for Pesadim. And at the end was the t- test. They took a huge clump of butter, mucking, real butter, that breakstone or seal test. And they put a clump of butter on his plate and put a spoon of sugar on it. You have to show you're a real bridge bossy. <laughs> if you want this land at Govardhan, we want to see that you're a real bridge bossy. So Krishna would love that butter. It's so tasty. Real butter when it's churned and fresh. And he broke the pot. And his friends started eating it. And then they fed the monkeys. And then the elderly gopis came in so upset. And Krishna was excused is, it was all rancid. Look, even the monkeys can't eat it. Of course, the monkeys were full too. But here's the story I wanted to tell, and then I'll get back into the tattva and the leela. Uh, and this is just a side story, which is interesting, is Giriraj Swami came to New York, and that's maybe a once-in-a-40-year thing to see the places of Prabhupada's pastimes. But he's also best friends with Giriraj Maharaj. So he wanted to see the place of Tamal Krishnamaraj's childhood pastimes. So Tamal Krishnamaraj grew up on the border of Harlem on the northwest side of Central Park. So he began at the beginning of Central Park and Kastuba was there because Kastuba is his disciple. Kastuba also lives in Manhattan, knows we actually went to see the different places of his childhood pastimes. But we had to walk through the whole Central Park and we met, we met at the very beginning of the park. And we're sitting there on a bench right at the beginning. And this guy very aggressively comes up and says, you know, who, you know who your Krishna is? And we were like taken back, almost like, oh my God, this is going to be violent. And we said, you know who your Krishna is? And then we looked up, he said, a butter thief. <laughs> That's New York. <laughs> and then I joked with Giriraj Swami. I said, you have any authenticity like that in that plastic place called Santa, Santa Barbara where you live? <laughs> I was joking with him. But um, the variety of sweet pastimes, that's why it says Madhurya. There's a, there's a flavor to Aishwarya, opulence, grandeur. But Madhurya, love and sweetness in, in exchange, and that the, the, the Leela brings it to the height. And of course, the Rupa Madhurya, as a as a father, as a lover, as a friend, as a daughter, your beauty increases than as a boss. Everything is restricted by position. And for those who love God in that relationship, it's it it it, it, it it's not it's not this is very interesting because we're studying Briyad Bhagavatamrita, which is the ultimate thesis on Krishna. And Narada Muni is looking for the topmost recipient for Krishna's mercy. And it's the gopis who feel separation. There's a whole beautiful discussion of separation. That what happens in separation for God, in this viraha bhav, this deep separation, which is described like no place else in Bhagavad Bhagavatamrita, what happens is, our separation from Krishna is ultimately consciousness. And in the spiritual realm, which is not restricted by time and space, you're with Krishna by consciousness, not by distance or even so-called physical presence. So when they're feeling this separation from Krishna, 
Krishna actually manifests externally also. Very deep. Very deep. Um, but, so, so, yeah. So it describes, you know, these different gradations, but it's very clear in the purports that they're not really gradations in, in that sense that we know. They're all perfect love. And the formalities in different relationships are not restricting love. They're enhancing a particular love. For example, the queens of Dwarka, it's the husband, so there's different rules. So in that sense, Prabhupada talks about each relationship gives more freedom. Freedom for you to express yourself and free, freedom for Krishna to reveal himself. So Krishna is the ultimate freedom for it's God revealing himself in love fully. But even in the it, but even in this, it says these relationships and these uh, uh, reverence or or restrictions in terms of the, the queens. They're not they're aspects to increase that love. For example, if you have a relationship with a father, therefore you have to be respectful. You can't say everything you want. But that respect is specifically the love of a subordinate. Affection, technically speaking, in the Sanskrit word for affection and mercy is the same. So affection is technically what comes from above to below and respect. So even, anyway, just mentioning that. But somehow or other, in the same sense, when Krishna opens his heart fully and to the highest degree to the gopis in separation, his full beauty manifests because even Krishna's beauty is a manifestation of his love. He's beauty, he's beautiful to please devotees. So when he fully manifests himself in his heart, he's Rupa Madhurya. He's just, it's sweet in love. More beautiful. You can imagine the high court judge. He's beautiful in Aishwarya. But let's say somehow his mother comes in the court and his mother's very respectable and old and the, the court goes out and, and he just becomes like a child before his mother. I, I used to stay in um, Delhi. One of the main places I stayed was with this family. I met when about 25 or 30 years ago, I was preaching in Nigeria. Not many people know this. I went to Nigeria to preach. I met this Indian family. And they built this big house in Delhi. Um, and there were four brothers living together. One brother's job was just to sit with the mother. <laughs> he, was a, he, he was the younger brother. It was just to sit with the mother. So, you know, these were very big businessmen. But when he sat with the mother, he was like so affectionate. So, so you know, the beauty comes out. And then, of course, the, the, the flute playing, which is a, the, the, the flute playing, which is a, Krishna's flute is the amplification of the heart which can only be done in the full manner. It can only be done when you're willing to give yourself fully. And I, I, the example that I gave was when Bill Clinton, the president, was a jazz saxophone player. He didn't do it in the White House. He did it in Harlem. 
you don't let your inner moods out when you have to satisfy someone because the, the love in reverence is called prabhuta gyan prabhuta means power knowledge of that person's power so there is that so so this is this is krishna's tattva his tattva is that he's the full embodiment of love and therefore he has these um incredible sweetness in love and it's so beautiful so we can talk about one pastime krishna going to the forest of Vrindavan. And it's so sweet because when he's Komar, when he's a young child, he's only given the calves. He's only given the calves. And why is he only given the calves? Because the calves can't go far out into the forest alone. So it's near the house. So he's given the calves. But at a particular time, he wants to take care of the cows. So at Poganda, when he becomes six, six to ten is the Krishna manifest at that age to facilitate Sakyara's friendship. That facilitates friendship. So he goes out to the forest. And, and the idea also is Krishna is all attractive. The center of existence is all attractive to facilitate the highest degree of love. So that the whole universe in reality is swimming in the highest degree of love. So God is all attractive to bring out that feeling in the hearts for his enjoyment and also the enjoyment of everyone. So he brings out that love with his beauty. So he's all attractive. We're describing the Brihad Bhagavatamrita when Krishna is explaining to the Krishna is explaining to the queens of Dwarka, why he loves the gopis so much. Because in the whole story, they've seen him in New Vrindavan, <laughs> Nava Vrindavan. They saw him in this as a cowherd boy. The whole we discussed that story in Briya Bhagavatamrita. But when they saw him, they went into they 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 were and they were they were uh, hiding but they were watching him in that mood and they were ecstatic. They became overwhelmed with ecstasy because Krishna became more beautiful <laughs> in that love. He became so much more attractive. They, they became overwhelmed. And because they really loved Krishna, they weren't even envious. And when he got back, he began to explain to them really why he loved what the love of the residents of Vrindavan is. And I, I, and I love the one image of, of the forest and, and the coward boys see Krishna in the distance. And every time he disappears, because he's, he's walking in the forest, so you only see him in between the trees. So every time he disappears between the trees, they just have this intense feeling. Krishna, Krishna. So this is a beautiful conception of divinity, which seems very reasonable. Why shouldn't that conception of divinity be the most sweet, the most beautiful? So when he goes out to that forest, there's incredible separation from him. When he leaves the forest, there's separation. 
the trees wither. When he comes, they blossom. So the residents of Vrindavan, the gopis are following Krishna. His mother is following Krishna. And he goes out to that forest. And he walks behind the cows. He walks behind the cows because of his relationship with the earth. The earth sustains and maintains all existence. Sustains and maintains all existence, including the Vrindavan pastimes. So as the cows stampede off into the forest, Krishna's soothing them with his feet. So imagine the concept of the forest of Vrindavan and its relationship to Krishna as he's touching them with the feet. And because it's beyond time and space, even though activities are sequential, they're also eternal. So those moments can be live, lived eternally. And then Krishna goes into the forest of and, and he plays his flute. And why does he play his flute? Because it's a way of expressing his love. And the cowboys are doing kirtan and they're grabbing off banana leaves and rolling them up for trumpets and they have drums and they're just singing. And they, they have these this beautiful kirtan. The coward boys are just singing. And what do they hear? They hear Krishna's flute. The vibration is such that it can manifest into the identity of each person who hears it, of Krishna calling them in love. And therefore, the response of that kirtan to Krishna is just a reciprocation of his love because that's the nature of Krishna because as that great philosopher, I, I think it was Hegel or someone said, where there is no circumference, the center is everywhere. So Krishna can appear everywhere personally to every living entity and still appear as just one so, so he, he, it's still Madhurya. It's not like he appears and everybody sees him. But everyone feels that. So they're in such joy. And Krishna is caressing the, the ground of Vrindavan and so happy with his cows. Look, let's face it logically. How can God be anything else but a cowherd boy? What other... It's the best profession, especially forest cows, because there's four professions of, of the Vaishas, Krishna's father's Nanda Maharaj. So you can do banking, you can do banking, you can do trade. You can do banking, you can do trade, like business, banking, agriculture, so much work. So much work. But cow protection, you just go in the forest and you play. <laughs> so how can God be anything else but a cowherd boy? How can he be anything else with a coward boy with a peacock feather? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but Krishnamrita, your phone is not. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, it is muted, right? Everybody has their phone muted, so I can't. 
see who the culprit is. Okay. Um, and that description of him, Bahar Pidam, Peacock Feather, Natabaravapu, Dancing, Carnio, Carni, Karyam. Vibrad Visham Kanika Kapi Sam Vajanti. He goes through the forest and then he blows his flute out of joy. Out of joy. He, he blows his flute to give pleasure to his devotees. And to express his own pleasure of being in Vrindavan, which is the land of love. Vayuna Drishtam. The wind is not blowing, the wind is loving. It's carrying the fragrance and the scent. When Krishna comes to the forest, all the trees bloom and he picks flowers of all the trees. Every flower Krishna picks in Vrindavan, every flower, every piece of dust. So, um, okay. So this was a little something. It's great for me. I feel, you know, we're not going to have a big festival here. We'll meet at six o'clock. A few people. I'll fast during the day and I'll chant a lot. Um, but it's nice. Raghunath wrote me. He said they had 70 people at the Super Soul Farm. They had 40 people with Diana and Bali, and then 30 people from the community. So this is also Prabhupada's grace, and that's coming up tomorrow. Priti Vichy, Priti Viti Ati Yadi Nagaradi Gram. My, my glories will be chanted in every town and village. So it's so amazing. Here we're doing Kirtan in Sham Ashram, in Kali. I once thought for the ashram, I would start a music business. And I would call it Kali Cartel. <laughs> okay. You got, okay. At least the people here got the joke. How's <laughs> that? Kali Cartel. <laughs> Great, great name for music <laughs> business. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, Jamuna Jaya, any reflection today? Are you there? Yes, Hare Krishna Raj. Thank you for class. Um, I, I was just really loving the point of how you're saying that the sound of Krishna's flute can then be individual. So that every last one of them, every last cow, every last person has their own individual call. And I'm really, I just really resonated with that. Tonight, the Bhakti Center, they're they're doing a whole meditation, starting with Krishna's feet, going, ending just for midnight. And the meditation will be on the sound of his flute. Um, and some of the ladies will be reciting the Veno Geet. So it was just really sort of putting me in the mood for that. So thank you, Maharaj. That's really nice. It's nice. That's a great idea, a little bit more deep. Yeah, it's it's a are you at your are you at your own place now? Yeah, yeah, I'm at home right now. Yeah. Yeah, so it's so nice, different places. Great. Tabakatam tapta jivanam kavivakalmasam kamsapaham. Okay, very good. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Raj. Anybody else? Gail? Thank you, Mark. 
How, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jai. Hare Krishna, Gurudev. Yeah. I, I just wanted to share that the, your first phrase really touched me. Let me my hearing aids. Madhavatithi Bhakati Janavi. Janani. Janani, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So you have you have a you have a temple there, so I'm, I'm sure you'll do something. Yeah, we're planning to go to celebrate in the evening. Okay. Haribo. Thank you for your class, Gurda. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Okay, Gail. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Why, this was such a wonderful class. I feel like you summed up the entire Krishna consciousness in just this past hour. It was really nice. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a keeper. <laughs> this class is a keeper. Um, one, one thing that you've, you've um, discussed often in the past, and I kind of like get the sense of it, you know, the... But I've never really been able to like claim it, you know. So when you were saying that, you know, if there is order, right? Like every word that comes after the prior one, you know, is, is exponentially less probable that it be, you know. What I'm what, what I'm trying to say is, if everything is chance, let's say everything is chance. then what is the probability of something coming in order to something else? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? If it's by chance, then what's the chance of something coming? I say something and the next thing follows it. If it's by chance, it could be a billion things that come out. Yeah, but even by chance, you know, there there is sequence even in chance, no? no <laughs> there is none it's so improbable that things by chance come in order someone gave the example it's like the atheistic view is is you know someone puts a whole bunch of material in their backyard and then blows it up by dynamite and then says move in <laughs> or <laughs> you know, you come outside your house and you look out in the winter and there's a snowman and you won't admit that someone made it and someone's arguing the snow just blow that way and it came that way so you can't prove it could have happened that way but which explanation has more has more explanatory power right that someone made it There's the anthropic principle, you know, that there's so many things in this universe, like so many factors, that if they were off by a hair, there wouldn't be life. What's the, you know, it's just so improbable. It's so improbable that by chance, you know, that something at, at every, you know, yeah. So I'm just saying, ex, ex, for explanation, explanatory power the concept of God even morality right if, if everything's just banging around then why are people responsible right what I do has nothing to do with my volition it's it's kind of like started a long time ago and this was just one of the explosions that I murdered you <laughs> so why is it my fault I'm just another thing blowing around in the universe by chance. Okay. Anybody else like to say something? Thanks, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Thank you for class. Isabel, I like the Kali Isabel better than the New York Isabel. <laughs> I like the Kali Isabel better too. Trust me. Okay. I wish I was still there. Missing everybody. Missing, missing the ashram. Okay. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Uh, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hey, Brahmatirta. Hare Bo. Great to hey. see you. Hi. Well, I thought if I was here today, I not as close as I'll get to Vrindavan today, so I went for it. Um, 
Yeah, on that point of the things happening by chance, of course, that's a big topic of Sataputta and the BI. And and Sataputta actually mathematically analyzed these things. And it it um uh it's the old clockmaker's argument. I mean, you see a clock, the pieces had to be assembled. And uh he has shown that mathematically, he has taken that um in a rigorous way. And it's extremely convincing that there has to be intelligence, otherwise things don't work. And you have talked about the initial constants in the universe. They were off by one decimal place, 20 decimal places out. According to the theories, you and I couldn't be here talking to each other. So there has to be some intelligence oh, before I, I, creation. Go ahead. Interesting. You mean one to the 20th decimal? Off, but yeah, yeah, it was off like in the Planck's constant or any of these constants, then the universe doesn't happen, and the math of that's pretty rigorous. Um, I mean, it's somewhat speculative because no one, none of us were there witnessing these things. Um, the best of theories, uh, you, you have to have these uh constants, uh, have to be very precise, and if they're off by a little bit, tiny bit, then things don't work. And and so so clearly the intelligence precedes creation. Yeah, and then the scientists they have to come up with an explanation. I don't know this, but this multiverse theory seems like such a fairy tale. It, it, it... Well, uh, the multiverse is and isn't. Um, uh, Brian Green, uh, Yogeshwar's brother, is a big proponent of string theory, which the math says you need uh, at least nine different universes to work. And then you have the collapse of the wave function, all these complexities, not to go into detail. So multi-universes is, is a mathematical way of looking at it, but it's not a testable hypothesis because in science, if you can't falsify an hypothesis, there's no way to falsify it that's not considered a valid hypothesis. You have to have some way to test it. And there is no way to test it on one hand. On the other hand, when we look at uh, stories from the Mahabharata, Arjuna being one place and then going to a heavenly planet and people traveling around and time dilation is very prominent, um, we, we see that things like, they don't call it wormholes, but there is some way of traveling and there is some way of doing things that adds more than the three dimensions plus time we know. So saying there are more dimensions has something in reality, the Bhagavatam, something in reality of science. From my readings, um, the Bhagavatam seems to have a much, uh, seems to be much uh, more real and the science is speculative, but there is an interesting overlap there. But I thought like multiverse means there has to be an infinite amount of universes for by chance ours to come in order. That's the only way they can explain order. Yeah, well, uh, e even if they're not in multi-dimensions, you can look at it a different way. Um, there are infinite universes, let's say the web telescope, whatever is they're seeing, and we don't really know what they're seeing, but you know, let's say they're seeing many galaxies and maybe many universes. Of course, the Bhagavatam says, you know, Lord Vishnu's breathing, many universes are coming. So there are many, uh, uh, you know, so multi-universes is something in the first canto that we start becoming familiar with. But the modern concept of, of it is um, the idea that, well, there's many, there's so many infinite universes then by chance, one of them had the right numbers. It's an unfalsifiable premise. There's no way to test it. It's just a, a mental speculation. All right. And that's why Borijan said that they, they it's just as it's just as wild as we can say that they come from Mahavishnu and has just as much scientific validity <laughs> as that theory. In other words, well, you can I, say 
Yeah, yeah. Except that what we have going for us, they don't, is philosophy. So when we take away the science, because we really don't know anything about the origin of the universe that we can observe, we can only imply. So now we have to enter the world of philosophy. And we enter the world of philosophy, then you start understanding that uh, consciousness precedes matter. And that can be philosophically understood. And if consciousness precedes matter, then intelligence precedes matter. And then all of a sudden, the order of the universe, how things work, starts making a lot of sense. Hmm. Well, thank you, Brahmatirtan. It's great oh. to see you. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you in Govardhan, I think. Well, Krishna willing, I get there in December. If Krishna is willing... And I will stay up until December 12th, at least, or more. Well, I mean, then I, I, I definitely see you, because I go to uh, IIT Monday, I think, on the 12th or 13th for me. Yes, so I'll be there. Okay. okay. So I'll see you. Thank, thanks. Uh, uh, very, it's, and again, thanks for your speaking today. It kind of puts me, it's, it's my morning here, so it puts me in the mood to, okay, now I can focus on Krishna. So thank you. Okay, great to see you. Anybody right. else like to say hello? On Janmashtami? Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Thank, thank you so much for the class. This is Krishna Amrita. I again came back and I'm so happy. <laughs> thank you greatly. I love very much uh, when you said that when Krishna, when God is at his fullness, he can express uh, a lot of activities and relationships and freely open his heart in music, in playing the flute. Oh, thank you. It's so great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Toto Gopinath here. Happy Janmashtami. Hey, Haribo, Toto. Haribo. Great. Anybody else say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj, this is uh, Chad. Um, appreciate your class. Um, uh, a lot of, as always, a lot of realizations. One of the things I was thinking about uh, often is is in, in a little bit carrying from Jai Jagannath's class and sort of a little bit what you spoke about last, uh, what was it, on Sunday when we met was I've really been thinking about this idea of when Krishna leaves and, 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 um, you know, Radha's kind of left kind of there or the, the, the devotee is kind of there wondering where Krishna, Krishna is. And I've been really thinking about, is it that Krishna leaves or is it that he's really paying his respects sort of like, you know, you know, when we sort of have sort of dandavats, like we kind of lay down on the ground, is it sort of a way for us to see Radha and it's something I've been really wondering about. Is it is it is it really that he's leaving, but it's just his way of showing, allowing us to see Radha's love, um, and what love love has to offer. It's just something I've been thinking about. I, I don't know if that even makes sense. It's sort of just following out that Krishna leaves to enhance the devotee's love, and enhancing the devotee's love, they're actually closer with him closer to him so yeah he, that, that makes he leaves to not leave to leave or yeah, not that makes sense that makes sense a lot it's just really beautiful in a profound way and i, I just think about like this doesn't hold a candle to like the myth of <laughs> of like uh you know chance of what we're talking about i just like it's just so beautiful <laughs> it's just like it's stunning you know amazing chad you're such an intellectual mental guy and you jumped right from that scientific expression to the Rasa dance. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite critiques of chance was, um, it was actually by Dr. Peter Kraft. I don't know if he came up with it, but uh, he has this whole, whole idea. If my mind is a product of chance, then how can I trust my own mind when it says that? <laughs> you know, it's just like, hey, I'll use that one. That's good. By the way, Peter Kreft, I've also listened to him. I used to, when I was driving a car, I had a series of lectures that he, he gave called What Would Socrates Say? Well, oh, yeah, gave, they're beautiful. He gave a summary of all philosophy, and he's a theistic, theistic guy. Okay, anybody else like to say hello on John Mastami? 
Whoa, what a background. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot it. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. Okay, are you coming this evening? Yes, of course, Maharaj. Okay, great. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Garaj, it's Lal Govinda. Thank you for class. Happy John Mastami. Hare Bo, Lal. Hare Bo. To see you. See you oh, as well. Settling down there. It's it's working on it, yeah. It's definitely much better. Okay, because you, you you weren't able to make the swing festival because you're so busy now, huh? Yeah, well that was the day before the um inspection, so I had to also help we also helped uh Ann, Project's mother mom to I get it. I Okay. Okay. Hey, well, say hello. Okay. I'm looking at the list to see all the wonderful people that gave me the opportunity to speak. Um, hi, Krishna.